Would you have ever imagined at that time that that you'd get a bill through the legislature unanimously? No, no, not in a million years. Um, you know, and in fact, you know, it's it's again, it was 100% a team effort. Uh, but but I do take pride in the fact that you know I got a bill passed for God's sakes. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> just like I never thought I'd be a food truck owner. Uh, you know, I never in a million years thought I would be. You know, working on on legislation to change and make things better in our state. So, yeah, that was exciting and, and fun. What was the result once this bill got passed? What what happens now in Georgia with uh, with food trucks? How are they regulated? Yeah, uh, so so the bill actually passed last year in twenty two. We have already seen a huge, huge, uh, really on almost twofold uptick in the number of new food trucks and number. of uh, food truck application. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Thanks for joining us for another episode of American Potential. Appreciate you being with us uh, as always. And look, when you go to try and open a business, and as many people do around the country, there are licenses and permits that the government requires you to get to be able to operate. For food trucks in Georgia, until recently, they were required to get an inspection and a permit in every single county they wanted to operate. Now, there are 159 counties in the state of Georgia. So that means if a food truck wanted to operate in the whole state of Georgia, they'd have to get 159 different inspections and 159 permits to be able to do that. Now, today's guest is a food truck owner who got together with other food truck owners to start a food truck association and to tackle this issue. Now, they tried working with state legislators to get uh, rid of some of these barriers they were facing, but they weren't having some issues uh, in doing that. And so with the help of Americans for Prosperity in Georgia, they were able to work with lawmakers to get a bill passed that now makes it easier to operate a food truck in the state of Georgia. I want to welcome our guest, Tony Harrison, who owns Cousins Maine Lobster Food Truck. Tony, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, first of all, I want to know about your food truck and when I get to eat some 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 of your lobster. Do you, what do you have? Lobster <laughs> rolls and stuff or what? Well, Jeff, actually... I have Baltimore Crab Cake Company food truck, and I started with Cousins Maine Lobster food truck and now own Cousins Maine Lobster uh, brick and mortar. Um, but you can still get both. Okay. <laughs> and where do I have to go to get this? So um, the restaurants are in Lenox Mall and Marietta Square, and the food trucks, of course, are all over Metro Atlanta. Gotcha. Okay. And you can follow us on our you know, website or Facebook or whatever. Sure. Now, I, I, tell me about this. Do you, you eat all kinds of different crabs? I want to know about that. Like, how, first of all, how many different kinds of crabs are there? I know there's a lot, but, uh, you know, because I've watched Deadliest Catch a time or two, so, so I, so I do right. know. But tell me yeah. about all the different types of crabs and what you, and, and then what's your favorite? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny because I'm a lifelong lobster lover, and that's kind of how this whole story got started. 
But somewhere along the way, crabs became an obsession for me. And literally for the past 15, 20 years, I eat crabs at least once a week. And I feel like Forrest Gump, you know, where it's, you know, there's Dungeness crab, there's blue crab, there's king crab, there's snow crab, you know. So I eat every kind of crustacean there is. I love crabs and uh, I hope I always will, but yes. All right. Now, what's your favorite? I mean, so what's your favorite kind of crab? My favorite is definitely uh, blue crabs followed by uh, Dungeness crab. And, okay. Uh, I, I get them from a lot of different sources, but but yeah, very passionate about my crabs. Yeah. So I like crabs too. What's the one? Is it the soft shell crab that they do like in Maryland and places like yes. that? I, yeah. Do you and eat those? Because that's kind of gross, man. It's like the oh, whole head and everything. I don't think I, I like that. I love them. I love them. And <laughs> it's, it's actually a blue crab as it's molting, as it's kind of changing okay. shells is what makes it a soft shell crab. All right. And uh, you mentioned hating crabs. And my wife is a vegetarian, so she really yeah. hates it because I stink up the whole house cooking them. I and she's a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I love crabs. I just don't know about those. Those. You soft know, shell. when they're. Yeah. The soft shell. That's the only thing. It's just I don't know. It's but. But no, I, I would love crabs. Now, uh, if and I one tip, you got to give us a tip on how you because you know that's the frustrating thing with crabs is you got to you got to somehow get the uh, the meat out of the legs and and all of that. So, what's your best tip on that? Yeah, I tell you, the best way is just to kind of jump in and and after a few rounds, <laughs> you kind of get it down because uh, <laughs> yeah. everybody has a different technique. And, yeah, uh, you know. I use my teeth, <laughs> and I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that after uh, several uh, dentist visits. But, but yeah, everybody's got their own methods, but you just kind of got to get in there and get your hands dirty. Yeah. So sometimes I will take the uh, the fork, like the, the end mm-hmm. tong on a fork or prong uh-huh. on a fork, and right. kind of stick it in there and then kind of wedge it. I don't know if that's yeah. the right way to do it, but... Yeah, anyway. it's it's a way. Just doesn't get as much meat as quickly. <laughs> there you go. But I'm guessing you are the expert on this, so maybe I need I to come am. down and visit you, and you can show me the best way to eat a crab. That would be great. Love to have you, Jeff. Come yeah, see so, us. Sounds good. Well, I'll do that. So, how'd you end up owning a food truck, and then you know going on to open these restaurants? Yeah, that's a great question. And I tell you, um, you know, I come from a corporate background. You couldn't have told me in a million years that I would own a food truck. But um, after uh, uh, 20 years in in corporate America, I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. And I had recently sold uh, my latest company and was kind of sitting around trying to figure out what's next. My family and I, we were watching Shark Tank. And a uh, rehash of the Cousins Maine Lobster story came on. And my intent at that point was just to find the lobster truck in Atlanta. And so we couldn't find it. We placed a call. And long and short is they said, we don't have uh, a lobster truck in in Atlanta, but we're thinking about franchising. And two weeks later, I flew out to L.A. and met with the guys and bought a franchise. And (laughs) it was literally just like that kind of crazy in hindsight but uh but a great experience yeah well i mean this this sounds like a crazy uh exercise you have to go through to get you know permits and and all of that i think people don't understand what goes into that for restaurant owners and others but it sounds like it was especially onerous in georgia how much time and money would it have take would it take i guess for a food truck owner to go and get inspected and get a permit in each county yeah, yeah, that's that's another great question and, and, a, and a real issue that we were all facing. And um, 
as you mentioned, 159 counties. But if you're operating a food truck today to really be in the business full time, you're in probably 20, 25 counties over the course of a year. And so so from a dollar standpoint, you're looking at eight to ten thousand dollars in permits and inspection fees. But honestly, Jeff, the bigger issue is the time that it takes because you're completing applications in each one of these counties and they're not always the same application and then you physically have to take your truck to that county and get it inspected and it was just uh insane um and and uh so again by the time you looked at the actual cost of the permits and inspections and the time it took i mean it was just it was very difficult to be successful in this business in uh in georgia yeah, that just seems crazy. And I will point out for those who haven't yet connected this dot, right, that if it costs you as the as the food truck owner, if it costs you $10,000, let's say, to get all of those inspections and permits and everything else, like that gets passed on. <laughs> to the consumer that's, that's right. in, in the cost. So, that's right. uh, yeah, I mean, you just can't <laughs> absorb that. Uh, you are in business to make money. And so, um, so that, you know, that's going to drive up the cost of food at food trucks and not just yours. I'm talking about tacos and you know uh, everything else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely was a real issue. And, and that's kind of how we started the, the food truck association. I mean, we like to say we were born out of necessity. It was all these regulations that were making it difficult for us to do business, but nobody advocating for us. And right. uh, we finally said, hey, enough's enough. And we came together and formed the association and immediately uh, went to work trying to make Georgia more food truck friendly. Yeah. So what did I mean, is that what you basically wanted to accomplish when you came into it? What were you thinking? You wanted to just maybe have one standard set of regulations for the state or what did you when you formed the uh, truck food truck operators association there? What were you hoping to accomplish? Yeah, that was our we were hoping for a just a statewide permit where you get one permit and that would allow you to go anywhere. And uh, that that was not the final result, but pretty close to it is is what we ended up with. And, you know, once we uh, had the opportunity to meet with all the kind of the key stakeholders, so the the various county health departments, the State Department of Public Health, uh, Georgia Restaurant Association, um, cities and, you know, everybody who kind of had skin in the game, uh, we were able to come up with what I think is a fair and reasonable solution um, you know, that, that we kind of move forward with. Now, before we get to that solution, I want to talk mm-hmm. about the process a little bit, because, okay. um, first of all, uh, y- you tried to work with lawmakers and I want to hear mm-hmm. what was happening when you were working with lawmakers. But in addition to that, w- be, let me back up even before that was this, I mean, you're going into business. You didn't want to necessarily work on public policy. So this was, That's right. was this new to you and trying to navigate all of this? Yeah, it was. It was really it was new to all of us. And, you know, that was also part of the problem. We really didn't know where to start. Um, So, you know, we we definitely banged our heads around a few times before we started getting traction. Um, But, um, you know, there were two issues along the way. We started getting a little traction and um, COVID hit. And what really 
kind of moved the needle for us and changed the whole game was Americans for Prosperity. Um, you know, I don't know if I can mention names, but I'm yeah. going to. Yeah, Tony, go right Tony ahead. We- Tony West, and I guess he was, because sure. um, I understand he recently got promoted, but Tony was the, I guess, assistant director uh, for the state. Yeah. But when when Tony came on board, immediately got us to the right people. Um, I mean, it was it was incredible how we went from literally probably three, almost four years of kind of kicking the can down the road to immediately getting a champion um, on the legislative side who, uh, you know, again, they just started knocking down barriers and uh, Tony was instrumental in making sure meetings happened and follow up happened. And uh, it was just it was really smooth sailing, kind of kind of early post COVID, if you will. Right. Well, Tony's a great guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. He probably owes me a lunch at your restaurant when I'm (laughs) down there next time for having to say that for Tony. But it is what it is. But it's done. uh, Yeah. And he's great. But, you know, it is frustrating for people who who aren't used to the whole government process and working with lawmakers and all of that. And it's it's great to have someone like Tony and AFP Mm -hmm. Georgia to kind of help help you and that's that's what americans for prosperity does right is is to help uh, folks but talk about the difference between i'd love to hear the difference between you know before you got engaged with uh, americans for prosperity what were you experiencing with legislators let's talk a little bit about that and then how did it change after you you kind of got better access yeah um Again, not being a politician and not really understanding how local government works, but, um, you know, it's kind of like anything else, any other team, any other organizations. you got folks who can move the needle and folks who can't. And, you know, what we didn't understand in the early days was, you know, who should sponsor this? Who did we need to go to who had juice, if you will, at the state house? who could, again, make things uh, open up and get the support you know, that we needed. And we had no idea, uh, one, who those kind of key folks were and how the process worked. And that's where, again, Americans for Prosperity really came in and helped. Um, additionally, um, and I don't want this to sound like a paid ad for Americans <laughs> for Prosperity, but they also linked us up with a, a uh, the Institute for Justice, um, who helped draft the legislation, but also had prior experience in some other states. Um, So, you know, uh, again, how you word what you're trying to accomplish is so critical. And, you know, again, we're all trying to get people to yes. And so, you know, how that's drafted and the actual words used make it easier for people to say yes. And so the Institute for Justice uh, was very helpful uh, from that standpoint. So once we had identified some of the key legislators and, you know, had powerful, uh, easy to understand language of what we were trying to accomplish, uh, again, it just made things better. I'm not sure if that answered your question. Yeah. But. No, I, th- I think it does. And I, let's talk about that process, too. Even mm-hmm. then, I'm sure you faced opposition, right? Anytime. And, you know, we see this in state after state, whether it's you know, the regulation of barbers or whatever regulation. Regulation is used uh, by government and by by competitors generally mm-hmm. to keep others out of the market. So I'd love to hear what when you were proposing this, were were there 
entities or associations in Georgia that were against the bill? Yeah, there there were a few early on. And, and Jeff, j- just to just to be clear, um, you know, food trucks were and still are extremely popular. So, you know, the public wanted it. Um, as we started talking to various legislators, they loved food trucks and, and everybody was like, you know, rah, rah. Yeah, let's do this. But there were concerns around public health and, and, and safety. But once they really understood what we were doing and, and how difficult the process uh, currently was, it was a no brainer. And so, you know, we went and testified in front of several uh, you know, mainly House committees. But, um, um, you know, again, it, it was amazing how the temperature kind of went from here down to here as soon as they understood. And it was, you know, hey, yeah, let's support these guys. This is important. And this is, you know, a shame what's happening here. Let's cut this red tape. Um, and I'd also give kudos to um, to uh, Governor Kemp and his administration because, you know, sometimes politics, politicians take a bad rap. But the re- reality is they said, hey, we are for small business. We're for cutting red tape. And they put their money where their mouth was and, and did just that, at least as it relates to to our issue in our industry. Um, so so then on the pushback side, um, there were um, and this is not a knock on uh, Georgia Restaurant Association because they ultimately became a great partner and supporter of ours. But early on, you know, the perception is, hey, if food trucks come, that's bad for brick and mortar, traditional brick and mortar businesses, and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, you know, we, we had data that showed kind of the high tide lifts all boats and, and that when food trucks are in and around the area, it helps restaurants and brings them, you know, new potential customers. But that was kind of the perception going in. So there were some pushback there. Um, and myself as a restaurant owner and food truck owner, the real message was, you know, if you look at the Georgia Restaurant Association, there's a ton of restaurant owners that also own food trucks. So um, that made it a lot easier to kind of get them on board. And uh, Karen Brimmer, who was the executive director at the time, uh, became a huge supporter and, and helped us actually even testified with us on a few occasions to uh, to help get us over the finish line. So, right. So, so, so I'm, I've been doing this a long time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of the interaction with government and things like that. I've been working with the Americans for prosperity for 14 years wow. and I've seen a lot of, of this. And I, when, when I first heard this story, my initial thought was I bet the restaurant association initially was opposed. And so I'm glad it sounds like you were able to show them that restaurant owners own food trucks, but I would also imagine that you had some of the regulators in these counties mm-hmm. that maybe also opposed it because to them it's kind of job security, right? If you've got right. all these 159 counties and they all have their right. own piece of the regular, did you encounter that as well? We, we did. And boy, you have been doing this a long time. Because, <laughs> I know who's yeah. going to come out against yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and part of it is, you know, and I don't want to be disparaging, but part of it is, a money grab, right? Everybody's got their hand out and everybody wants to get, get paid. Uh, but I think what we were able to show, uh, particularly the counties, was that the reality was they weren't making money on this. Um, it actually cost them money. They're already, you know, 
understaffed, overburdened, um, you know, don't have time to do the existing job, let alone, you know, adding this into the equation when, you know, somebody comes out and inspects your truck, it's the exact same process. And in, in some cases, my truck would get inspected 20 times a year when a restaurant only gets inspected once. And it's so like, you know, why are you wasting time and resources going out and doing something that somebody in the next county has already done? And it costs you more money than it does, you know, for what you're, you know, what we were paying you. So anyway, um, they did come around and, um, you know, again, ultimately what everyone was after first and foremost was, you know, public safety and making sure that food trucks were, uh, um, you know, being uh, healthy and, you know, making sure we were following the right procedures, which of course we were and we do. So yeah. it was, it was, it, you know, we were able to get them over the hurdle there. So Yeah. So when the bill passed, uh, did mm-hmm. anyone vote against the bill? Not a single nay vote through the whole process. Wow. Not one, not one. That- yeah, it was. That's incredible. That's that's really yeah. amazing to be able to get everybody on board. And but you know, it also brings to mind the fact that if you hadn't done this, we'd still be, <laughs> even though 100%. it was something that they've that they passed unanimously. You that's know, right. we would still be doing this if you hadn't taken the action, if you hadn't stepped yeah. up, and 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 others like you in this association. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And and we were, you know pleasantly surprised both sides of the aisle everybody was was for it and um you know and, and said so and and you know was supportive and helped us um but to your point you know for years we've been operating you know uh in that environment and there are still other issues on the table that we you know will and need to address in pretty short order but from a health department standpoint you know that box is is checked for now when you first started this and you met mm-hmm. the opposition and, you know, you talked about during kind of some of the COVID time and other that, w- would you have ever imagined at that time that, that you'd get a bill through the legislature unanimously? No, no, not in a million years. Yeah. Um, you know, and in fact, you know, it's, it's, again, it was 100% a team effort. Uh, but, but I do take pride in the fact that, you know, I got a bill pass for God's sake. So I'm, you know, <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> just like I never thought I'd be a food truck owner. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never in a million years thought I would be, uh, you know, working on, on legislation to change and make things better in, in our state. So yeah, that yeah. was exciting and, and fun. All right. So when are you going to run for office yourself, Tony? I'm just kidding. You probably, you're probably too smart for that, right? Zero percent chance. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so what was the result once this bill got passed? What what happens now in Georgia with uh, with food trucks? How are they regulated? Yeah. Uh, so so the bill actually passed last year in 22 and went into effect January of 23 this year. And we have already seen a huge, huge, uh, really almost twofold uptick and the number of new food trucks and number of uh, food truck applications. And it's, um, it's kind of good news, bad news, Jeff. It's, you know, the good news is, is there are more people getting into the game because they, you know, see that it is that George is more food truck friendly. Um, the bad news is, is that in order to be in business in the state of Georgia, you're required to have a, a base of operation or a food truck commissary. And it's the place your truck has to return to each night and you store your goods and, you know, clean your trucks and dump your gray water, all that good stuff. 
But because there's been this huge uptick, the, the largest increase probably in the history of the state, there's now a shortage of commissary space to accommodate the number of new food trucks. So uh, we've been working with, um, you know, some private uh, businesses and third party folks to try and alleviate that issue. But it's still a, a major issue. The biggest issue right now today is just defining finding a home for all these new food trucks. But there's more capacity coming online and, and uh, hopefully we'll have it uh, address, you know, by the, the end of 24 is, is the hope. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a great time right now, of course. Yeah. And, and uh, I'd point out by the way, that this is all good for the consumer, right? More food trucks, Absolutely. more choices, more restaurants, right. more options. That's um, right. And, and all of that, I, uh, well, two things, one, the, hopefully you don't have to pay as much for permitting now. And so yeah. that cost doesn't get rolled into the, into the food, but That's the right. increased competition will put pressure, downward pressure on, on prices for consumers. And that, that's a good thing. That's the way the free yeah, market is supposed yeah. to work. It's absolutely a good thing. And it's also more small businesses, more taxes, uh, tax revenue and sales tax. So yeah, it's definitely a good thing for, for all involved, we think. Yeah. So what mm -hmm. advice would you give uh, someone who's facing a similar kind of government barrier that's standing in their way uh, for them to be able to pursue an opportunity? What, what advice would you give them? Yeah, that's, that's a, a great question. And, you know, we have been fortunate enough as a result of this to get a lot of requests from other uh, states, other food truck associations, as well as individual food trucks. And, um, you know, obviously, specifically for our industry, we tell them, uh, you know, reach out to Americans for prosperity. And in fact, we've been in a few markets where they actually didn't have a, a, a chapter just yet. Um, but, you know, just roll up your sleeves, start making phone calls and, uh, you know, make it happen. That's the bottom line that, uh, you know, this is a a, uh, a tough, tough subject, and particularly for people who don't have any experience, but people want to help. And when it's, you know, the right call is the right issue, uh, people will line up and, and get on board with you. Yeah. So, and, and we're certainly here to help. Yeah. Well, I love this story because it's, it's, you know, an ordinary citizen, an ordinary business owner who decided, you know what, I'm going to stand up and do something here. And and again, I go back to, I think the most important point that, that we made here is that all of this would still be in place and would still all be a barrier if we didn't have you and others like you who joined together and said, you know what, let's get this fixed. And yeah. because you fixed it, you fixed it for you and you fixed it for everyone else in Georgia and for the citizens of Georgia. So that's, yeah. that's really, to me, that's the main part of this story. Yeah, and I do want to point out, Jeff, that we have an excellent board of directors at the Food Truck Association. And, and again, it was a team effort. Everybody was instrumental and played their part. So, um, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back and yeah. make it seem like it was all me. We have a great, uh, great team. So but thank you. Well, and now you have this association, which was born out of this battle, correct? Mm -hmm. And and That's correct. you can move forward and address other issues that the Food, food Truck Association would have uh, standing in their way. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. And we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. All right, Tony. If you promise me you're not going to make me eat a, uh, a whole blue crab. Um, soft shell crab. <laughs> crab. If you promise that, I'm going to come down and have some, some crabs with you. I, I love them. 
Hey, I look forward to it, Jeff. Thank you. Come see All me. All right. Okay, Tony. All hey, right. thank you. I appreciate your time right. today. Yeah. You bet. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, this is one of those stories. In fact, this may be my new favorite story when people ask me, like, what does Americans for Prosperity do? What do you do? We help remove government barriers. We help people connect with their government to remove government barriers. And I've always used uh, issues like, you know, barbers and, and hairstylists and hair braiders who have these uh, very onerous regulations put in front of them in order to do business. And that that's a barrier. You know, if you're a single uh, mom somewhere that, that braids hair and the government tells you you've got to spend $5,000 to get licensed to braid hair in a state, and by the way, that's happened. Um, that is a barrier. That's a barrier to your prosperity. And so Americans for Prosperity helps come in and remove those barriers. But I love this story because this was Tony and several other food truck operators in Georgia seeing a problem, addressing it, and and helping get that barrier out of the way to the point where it's not even partisan. It wasn't a partisan issue. Republicans, Democrats, everybody saw this as something that should be done. And so it passed unanimously in the legislature. Wouldn't have ever been an idea that legislators came up with if it hadn't been from the people who operate food trucks to come up and say, you know what, here's a problem and we're going to solve it because we're Americans and that's what we do. Listen, liberty and freedom, they're easily taken for granted. Don't take it for granted. Go out there, defend freedom, defend liberty. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. 